Hi, and welcome to the Imperfect Podcast. My name is Deb Crow, and I will be your host. Join me on this journey as we meet heart-centered leaders from all over the globe. Lots of interesting questions, interesting conversation, and find out what makes a leader. How do they handle uncertainty and complexity? How do they lead in a time that is volatile? Join us. Welcome back to Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. And I'm so thrilled to be back for the 2021 season. And we're kicking off this year with an incredible leader that, again, I have met online because we're all on digital platforms and different social media channels and remote is kind of one of our new traits and for some it's now a skill on a resume. So let me tell you we are traveling today all the way across the world to India and I would like to tell you a little bit about my guest. I'd like you to meet and be introduced to Tanmay Bora. He is a senior business leader and what I love about him is he likes to coin the phrase that he's a performance improvement specialist. He loves to work at the intersection or crossroads where people, process, and change come together and form leadership. He has over two decades of experience in diverse and global environments, and he's consistently challenging himself to grow within organizational, operational, and leadership excellence. So Tanmay, such a delight to have you. Welcome to the show. Hi, Deborah. Uh, thank you so much for invite, inviting me on the show, and I'm thrilled to be speaking to you today. Well, I am so happy that our paths have crossed, and I want to jump right into my leadership questions. So if you're ready, let's go. Absolutely, let's go. I am intrigued and absolutely love your sketch notes. And that's how our connection started, our conversation started. So share with the listeners where your love of art and illustration and blogging came from. And I know you've been doing this and you've won awards. So please share the story and the journey with us. Absolutely. So I go back to 2006 when I was a new manager, uh, you know, struggling to find uh, ways to document my lessons. Uh, so I experimented with journal and felt that it was not scalable. Uh, I needed something that I can document, which is visible online and something that I can easily share with others as well. And in that pursuit, I started my blog in year 2006. Uh, this was the time when Twitter and Facebook were just, uh, you know, uh, couple of years old. Uh, that's when I started blogging and I call blogging as the original social media. That's how it all started. Uh, and when I started writing and people started reading and then I have been experimenting with different forms of uh, expression, uh, including, uh, you know, how can I include brevity into my communication? So Twitter has been a gift in, in that sense, enabling uh, me to develop the brevity of thought. 
And in that pursuit, I wrote my first book in year 2009, which was a tweet book. So it was a collection of 140 tweets on quality and uh, leadership. Um, furthermore, I have been experimenting with uh, various other formats like writing 100 word posts and, 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 and stuff like that. Uh, in 2015, uh, after having written about three books and hundreds of blog posts, um, I felt that I am writing this blog, not just for myself, but I'm doing this as a service to my readers. And uh, how can I elevate my game and uh, serve better to people who choose to follow me on social media? And in that pursuit, I started, uh, you know, uh, doing sketch notes. Uh, it, sketch notes are basically a combination of words and visuals that synthesize together to uh, create a new meaning or interpretation of a written insight. Uh, and in last five years, since 2015, uh, I have created hundreds of sketch notes. I have illustrated some of the best-selling books. I have worked with uh, international authors. Uh, my sketch notes have gone into uh, very prestigious events like Global Peter Drucker Forum, uh, many TED Talks, uh, many internal organizational learning and development initiatives. They've all used uh, my work and I feel incredibly proud. Um, the, and, and, and also I think that the sketch notes have uh, been a wonderful combination of different skill sets that I bring on board. Um, most importantly that I've been a business leader for about 22 years now. Uh, so bringing that, uh, that's one element of what makes uh, the sketch notes the way they are. The other is that I've always been uh, very fascinated by handwritten uh, personal connection and, you know, handwriting and handwritten sketch notes enable me to connect uh, very personally with my, with my audience. Uh, you know, in a world fill, filled with computer generated images, uh, handwritten notes are, uh, you know, refreshing. Uh, and then I've been also uh, interested in illustration and drawing uh, because I was once upon a time an architecture student. So I think that it's a it's an amalgamation of many different things that I may have done uh, in, in the past uh, that that creates uh, what it creates. And I'm incredibly uh, proud about uh, having uh, embarked on this journey uh, that enables not just my own learning, but it enables the learning of people who see the sketch notes. So that's a little bit about about my my journey in sketch noting. Well, the collection of sketch notes are absolutely beautiful. And I remember when I purchased them and then you and I decided to have a Zoom call and I'll never forget the look on your face because I took them to a printer and had the whole collection printed them out and put them in a book. And I love them because it's such a collaboration of leadership brilliance and the crossroads of, of the foundation of what excites you. And I just, I cannot tell you how much I reference it. I enjoy it. It's almost like a, vis, a visual snapshot of some of the great books out there. And I wanted to know to date, and this is, I'm just gonna throw in an extra question here. Is there one sketch note that kind of is the foundation for the whole collection that you're really proud of? Is there one that's extra meaningful? And, and if so, could you tell us why? So I have been doing sketch notes on organizational uh, aspects of it and also the individual aspects of it. And I think that the fundamental unit of change is an individual. And therefore, a sketch note that I recently did 
which outlines Peter Drucker's uh, famous article um, uh, titled Managing Oneself. I think that is at the heart of individual greatness. That is at the heart of leadership. That is at the heart of being able to collaborate and communicate effectively with others. That is at the heart of uh, individuals a quest to make a difference uh, in the organization. So I think that one sketch note is it, it sort of starts the journey of leadership for an individual. So if I were to refer uh, my leadership collection or the sketch note collection to, uh, to someone who is starting out as a leader, I would say, start with knowing yourself, start with self-awareness, and then you grow from there. And the other sketch note, uh, you know, that is a complimentary sketch note is the, is, uh, a sketch note based on Daniel Goldman's, uh, uh, you know, three focus areas that leaders need to have, which is inner, uh, outer, and other focus. Uh, primarily, self-awareness, um, empathy, and environmental awareness uh, and contextual awareness. So, I think those are two sketch notes that really, um, you know, have been very impactful for me as well. Uh, and I see that a lot of people, uh, you know, refer to those sketch notes as as uh, a starting point for their leadership journeys. Well, I have a few favorites and I, I really like, I like them all. I like the two you just referred to. I really love the one with the five practices of humble leadership. We're on a heart-centered leadership podcast, so I'm really drawn to that. And I just want to compliment you and congratulate you because the collection is really beautiful. I can see your heart-centered leadership in all of these drawings. And I love that you said that you're always looking for ways to document your lessons. And I think being a lifelong learner is a self, a, an element of self-awareness to always consider that we grow and evolve every day as human beings in our leadership. So I just want you to know that your passion is really, really shown in the sketch notes and now that I own the collection, I'm excited to see as new ones are added. So exciting times for you, Tanmay. Absolutely, there's no doubt about it. Yes, uh, and, and I think uh, the beautiful thing about uh, any form of expression, and more particularly uh, with sketch notes, is that it enables me to, uh, you know, witness my own evolution as a leader. Uh, in terms of my visual metaphors that I end up using are are in some ways capturing the essence and the feeling uh, that I have been working with when I have led large teams, uh, large organizations, uh, you know, so it encapsulates my own journey. Uh, and that's the beauty of it. So sketch notes are a fantastic way to co-create the knowledge uh, wherein, uh, you know, you are amplifying somebody else's insights uh, and you are providing a new interpretation to those insights using, uh, you know, your visual synthesis. So uh, that, is really a satisfying element of the work that I do in Sketchnotes. Oh, it's wonderful. And, and it's going to be continual and evolving. So exciting to see what you bring forward this year in 2021. Now, my second question, all of my podcast guests are asked, what imperfections do you feel that you bring to your leadership? So that's a very interesting question. And I think that uh, in order to be able to meaningfully connect with others, we have to be self-aware about, about our imperfections and not shy away from uh, being 
being open about those imperfections and, and manifesting those imperfections or, uh, or at least acknowledging them with others that, you know, uh, nobody is perfect. And I think that's at the, that's at the heart of uh, how leadership really starts because people connect with people and people trust people when their vulnerabilities are uh, shared. Uh, and, and in terms of my own imperfections, I think uh, uh, most people I work with tell me that I'm a recovering perfectionist. Um, and though it has helped me many a times in my career, you know, there have been times when I've, I've been uh, demanding perfection from others. And I've, over a period of time, learned, learned that, uh, you know, uh, I think there is no perfection. Uh, people have their own ways of doing things. And as long as it serves the purpose that we are set out for, um, you know, I don't need to expect perfection from myself to start with and then from others as well. The other, uh, the other imperfection which I often um, struggle with or, or, uh, uh, or rather I would say it's, it's both an imperfection and, and a strength at, at, at a point is that I risk myself being called a very soft leader. Uh, that's because, uh, you know, I very rarely, uh, you know, raise the tone of the voice. I rarely get angry in a work context. I try to handle even the most difficult situations with grace and decency, <clears throat> which, is, uh, which is not so much prevalent in the businesses uh, uh, today. There is a lot of hostility that we see around. And in that sort of environments, uh, when I try to manage uh, situations with uh, grace and decency, uh, even the difficult situations like uh, asking somebody to leave or uh, or those kind of things, parting ways with our, our people. Uh, even then, I try to do it with utmost grace and decency. And therefore, I risk myself being called uh, a soft leader at times. Um, uh, sometimes people feel that this this uh, grace and decency and preference for uh, being human first, uh, uh, you know, also uh, leads to a perception that uh, there is lack of assertiveness in, in how I how I do it. But I think that, uh, you know, in, in my context, that's just how I'm wired. And, uh, you know, though I do realize that sometimes I need to be more assertive or sometimes I need to, you know, do uh, things differently. I think uh, this, is who just, this is just who I am and I can't uh, really change uh, uh, myself uh, to an extent that I have to go against my very nature, which is, uh, which is gentle and soft and people oriented and very human uh, in, in, um, in essence. Well, that's why you're on the show because you exemplify and lead daily as a heart centered leader. And as much as this global pandemic has paused the world and shown the importance of heart centered leadership, we need to have more leaders in the world instead of managers. And it leads into my next question. You, you hold a senior level position at, as general manager at QMetri, which is the, you're the head of the India operations. And I know that you also have and hold two non-executive director positions. So you've got a very busy professional work life in addition to being the author, illustrator, and, and blogger to Q Aspire. So how do you maintain, I'm going to call it work-life integration and that heart-centered leadership to really foster being a leader in all those different roles, as well as your own 
entrepreneurship? Yes, so it is it is very interesting that uh, you you call it work life integration, and that's exactly how I see it. Uh, because um, I feel that uh, when you're doing when you're running multiple uh, streams at the same time, uh, it is very important that we maintain uh, our objectivity with respect to how we approach these different streams. And therefore, I have <clears throat> uh, I have clarified with myself on the expectations as to how do I focus and concentrate on one thing at a time. Uh, so I've been, uh, you know, an evangelist of minimalism, uh, and I've I've had a preference of doing less, uh, you know, doing more on less rather than doing more with less. So I don't want to do more and more work with less and less time, but I want to do uh, more and more focused work on less and less priorities. And uh, therefore, I have, uh, you know, very clearly uh, sort of segmented uh, my weeks and and months. Uh, so there are specific times that I have devoted in the day for, uh, you know, reading, for for consuming and reflecting. Uh, you know, I don't do too many sketch notes uh, every week. So uh, it, usually I use a few hours on the weekend to uh, to to create sketch notes. I use rest of my week for mostly uh, organizational work that I do with uh, Qmetry and other organizations. Um, and, and then I devote some time in the day to, to read and write. Um, for this, to enable this focus, I have, uh, you know, I, I have given up on uh, long back on television, on, on newspaper. Um, I have off late, uh, I have been, um, you know, very mindful about my usage of social media. So I don't try to sort of do endless scrolling, uh, but I try to sort of, uh, do it with an intention. Whenever I go on social media, I ask myself, why am I here and what am I here for? And that sort of clarifies uh, a lot of uh, my focus. Uh, you know, so doing more focused work on less priorities is how I try to sort of manage uh, uh, the, different, uh, the different elements. And obviously I have family, I have two kids. Uh, so there is, um, and, and thanks to work from home, I, I, I can afford to take a short break in the day to, to be with the family, uh, spend quality time, create memories, um, and, and, and generally integrate uh, the work life. I think working from home, working from uh, home location has only accelerated the work life integration and has led to a different kind of empathy in the family as well when it comes to uh, respecting each other's work and uh, having visibility into how how my kids study or how uh, the wife works or or how I work. And I think it's, it's generated a different kind of empathy for each other as well. Well, I love how you framed that. And I think that's beautiful. And I can say similarly, I'm working from home. Uh, there's no networking meetings. There's no client meetings out of the home. I have quite enjoyed it myself. And we have two daughters. One is still home and going to school. So it's offering an opportunity for people of all different ages to embrace them at where they're at. So for a university student, we could be easily saddened that, you know, she's not having the experience of going to school and having the, the networking and the friendships, but we're in a new world. And like you said before, it's important for us to adapt and, and to do more purposeful 
with less priorities. And I think that's been kind of a, a repeat task or a repeat vision of each day as a gentle reminder, because I am in Canada and we're, we're back on lockdown again with COVID. And it's truly about the frame of mind and heart that you take to seek of what the day's going to bring. So I wholeheartedly feel with you and, and really agree that I think it's brought family time to a different level and not only from uh, a love and, and respect, but giving each other space and knowing that we have work to do, whether we're working for a company, working in our own company, helping with school, it's a challenging time. But I think the main thing that I'm hearing you say is, is we're together and that's what's most important. Absolutely. My last leadership question is, is there a leader in the world who you've met or you'd like to meet whose leadership has really inspired you as a man? There are, there are plenty of uh, leaders that I truly admire, uh, but if I were to uh, meet a leader um, who, who I really, really admire, I would say that there are, uh, there is uh, uh, Mr. N. R. Narayan Murthy. He is the founder of uh, Infosys, India's largest, uh, you know, IT company. Um, employs over two hundred thousand people. Um, you know, it was the first Indian IT services company to be uh, listed on Nasdaq and so on. Uh, but what I really like about uh, N. R. Narayan Murthy or the the qualities that I gravitate towards uh, when I see him is his simplicity, uh, that when his employees were, uh, you know, driving fancy cars, he would, he would, uh, you know, uh, get in uh, a, a small car and get in. So I think it's his humility and simplicity uh, combined with uh, his grandeur of the vision. Um, I think that really inspires me because uh, we've seen a lot of people uh, who in, in business, especially who, who, are not that humble. And I think that humility, that simplicity, uh, combined with that grandeur of vision and focus on doing the right things, uh, you know, having the right governance for such a large organization, um, not tolerating, um, you know, the lack of integrity, uh, that firmness, that assertiveness, uh, combined with uh, uh, simplicity and deep humility is what I really admire about, uh, about uh, the leader. Uh, you know, and Mr. N. R. Narayan Murthy, uh, he, he truly exemplifies uh, uh, the level five leadership in my view, which is a combination of uh, fierce resolve and, uh, and humility at the same time. Well, and you've just described two elements of, of heart-centered leadership, simplicity and humility. And leadership isn't about showcasing or embracing materialism. So very interesting that, that you're drawn to that because I, I see a lot of that in your work and, and in your personality and leadership. So it's interesting that we're often drawn to someone who we see a little of ourselves in and we're working towards evolving to be at that level. So very inspiring. I'm gonna switch gears here and I'm gonna ask you what I call my fab four. And this is just 
four fun questions, whichever's sitting on the top of your mind, just to get to know you a little bit and let our listeners know a little bit more about you. So my first question is, share with us something that you think most people don't know about you. Well, most people don't know about me is that I play some musical instruments as I'm, I'm a self-taught uh, uh, musician. So I play harmonica, which is a mouth organ. Uh, I also play a little bit of keyboard and uh, I can play a little bit of rhythm as well. Uh, so that's something that's uh, that's not very known to others, but I, I do this uh, because it gives me a lot of peace. Um, whenever I play uh, musical instruments, uh, it gives me immense joy and peace. Uh, and that's something which is a little known fact about me. Well, isn't that interesting? And did you know that when we play an instrument or even dance or listen to music that it activates all five lobes of our brain? That's probably where you're getting all these great creative ideas for your sketch notes. That could be probably true. Yeah. That is a great, great answer. Okay. My second question is share with us a favorite memory that you have of your life? The first one that comes to your mind. The, the, the first memory that comes to my mind is, uh, and it's a very fond memory and I still have it, is that I used to get pocket money from my dad when I was uh, a kid, like we all do. And uh, I was given a free hand to buy whatever I wanted and uh, I remember at the age of uh, 12 years, when I had significant uh, money, uh, you know, in my, you know, in my savings, I bought a set of uh, general knowledge books, um, you know, the encyclopedias uh, at the age of 12. And, and I can still remember the happiness that I, I had uh, when I got that volume. Uh, those, uh, you know, that collection of uh, four volumes, and I still have those books. And my daughter, who is now uh, 14 years old, she refers to uh, that encyclopedia set often. So I think uh, it's, it's a great memory. Uh, that's the reason I remember it is because I was pretty average as a student in the school. Uh, but my love for learning really started uh, with, uh, with that. So the, the ability to ask right questions, uh, you know, uh, ability to respect science, uh, ability to look for scientific underpins uh, in everything. Uh, I got that inclination from uh, the, the encyclopedia. And I think that is still, uh, that continues to help me even uh, today. You, you were fostering your leadership at a young age with knowledge, <laughs> your thirst for knowledge. I love it, Tanmay. That's so great. What a lovely memory. If you could sit down and have a conversation with the younger version of Tanmay, and because you just said age 12 was when you decided to, to take your pocket money from your dad and, and buy the encyclopedias, what advice would you give the 12-year-old Tanmay today? I would certainly give this advice that do not feel small when you look at others, um, because greatness is always uh, embedded in our being. Uh, it's just that we need to invest in ourselves to uncover that greatness. Um, and I, I say this to my 12 year old self because 
I was extremely uh, shy as a kid. Uh, I would I would be I, I would undermine my own self when I look at other students who were successful. I would feel like how can I be like them? I would even sometimes try to emulate, uh, you know, uh, how they how they uh, conduct themselves. And I've realized that I was misplaced at the age of 12. And today I feel like uh, I have to be authentic. Uh, so I would tell my 12 year old self that be authentic, be yourself. It's okay uh, to be just the way you are um, and, and you can still do well in life. Well, that's great advice. And you have come into that as a man and a husband and a father in all the work that you're doing. And it's so interesting. I could sit and talk to you for days about this, about leadership is really tapping into self-awareness and following and, and deepening that level and whatever that means to you. And it just, it makes me think of meditation. It makes me think of a quiet mind. It makes me think about intentional living. And you and I talked about the Sanskrit word Sankalpa, which is setting that intention, whether it be for yoga or meditation, whatever that is for you. So, so powerful that that's the advice that you would give younger self. And you've really come into that. It's so, so powerful, Tanmay. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think that, uh, you know, starting from, uh, so I think all leadership starts from our being. And uh, most people think leadership is about doing. Uh, and I, I tell them that the starting point of leadership journey is to work on your being and doing will take care of itself. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. My last question is, I like to choose a word every year. And my word for 2021 is joy. If I asked you to choose a word, or if you already have chosen one, what word would you pick for this year? And explain why? So I usually, uh, every year I choose a theme. Uh, so it's a collection of words, if I if I'm allowed to say a collection of words, then uh, my mantra for last four years has been uh, consume less and create more. Um, and that's been my mantra for last four years. If I look at this year uh, and uh, what 2020 has taught us all is, uh, is to not take anything for granted. So my, 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 my mantra for 2021 is go with the flow. Uh, go where your energy takes you. And so flow is really my keyword for 2021. Um, but overarching theme is, uh, you know, not to sort of exert myself too, too much on anything uh, that I don't enjoy doing and just go with where the energy takes you, uh, uh, you know, engross myself in activities that put me in flow state. Sketchnoting is definitely one of them. Um, you know, playing some music is definitely one of them. Uh, and, and do more of those activities that puts me in the flow state um, is how I would. So flow is my word of 2021. Well, as a yoga teacher and a fellow leader, that is one of the best words. I love that. Consume less and create more and go with the flow. And if that is not synonymous with the word be, 
I don't know a better way of even expressing that. Right. Beautiful. Well, I'm choosing joy and it's been joyful having you on the podcast. I'm excited to see what you create this year in 2021. And I just want to thank you for sharing your time and expertise with us today. Thank you so much, Deborah. It was uh, a fantastic uh, discussion. I enjoyed every bit of it. Uh, thanks once again for having me over on your podcast. It's my pleasure. I want to thank everybody for continuing with me on this journey of imperfection. And I want to leave you with a quote from Sigmund Freud. Out of your vulnerability will come your strength. So I'm going to challenge you, just like Tan May said, to consume less, create more. What is your word for 2021? Or what is your mantra? And keep track of all of your falling forwards. Because like Tan May says, there's always a way to document the lesson. This is Deb Crow. Thank you for joining me once again on Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast.